Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And on this 17th of December morning, I am joined from the University of Minnesota by Julie Weisenhorn, a great educator, not only from the <laughs> U of M, but you might find her hanging around the Arboretum as well. <laughs> Hi, Julie. Hey, Denny. Happy holidays to you. Yes, and to you and yours and uh, all the uh, the biters and the fans of the abiders. Biters. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be talking like we do. <laughs> Some people find it hard to believe. 52 weeks a year we talk lawns and gardens here on CCO. But you know what? As you've learned in your uh, career, that uh, no matter if you're a master gardener or just somebody starting up, people love to talk about lawns and gardens. Yeah, and remember those gardens are also indoor gardens, which is kind of True. what we're taking care of right now. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of indoor plants. And you and I were, by the way, let, let me let me give our phone and text number for those that may have a lawn or garden question, 651-461-9226. And you know, we, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know we tend to get a little busy here this hour. So right. we would love to hear from you either uh, again, by phone or by text from that one number, 651-461-9226. You know, off the air earlier, Julie, you and I were, were talking about this time of year. Well, a lot of us, I don't know, I do. Anyway, you think about years past and, you know, family and friends, maybe those that are no longer with us, certainly. But as far as plants go and and, and memories with something that's green and or growing, sure. uh and I thought, man, Julie, that was a great idea. Does anything come to mind as far as maybe plants that you may have inherited? I have never inherited a plant, I don't think. You never have. What is your favorite house plant that you have? You know, for some reason, I'll get to that too. I've, I've, I've always loved ferns. Oh, nice. And I'm not, I'm not sure why. Because I remember, uh, and maybe we can ask our listeners to, to maybe they right. have some memories of, of, uh, of something they received, but this is not something I received, but I remember years ago, and I haven't been there for years, and I'm talking about the beautiful city of Stillwater. 
Oh, um, nice place. Many, many years ago, I'm talking, oh, who knows, maybe the late 70s. <laughs> I've been there since, but there used to be, and maybe listeners will know if it's still there, there was a barber shop. Oh. And I couldn't tell you what street it, it's on, but I think it was the one the, the heading toward the bridge. There was okay. a barber shop that had this huge, this massive um, fern in wow. the window. And I think I may have spoken to the to the uh, owner there, the shopkeeper there, that right. it may have been in the family for, you know, who knows how long. But it was they just live a long time. They do, if well tra- well treated. Yeah. Like, yeah. But that, that's, maybe that's one of the reasons why I like that. How about you? What, 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 what appeals to you the most? Well, interestingly, you mentioned ferns. My friend Jim Culkins, who is just an amazing person, he has, uh, he has a fern. I believe it's a Boston fern that has been in his family for a very long time. It was his grandparents. And it, you know, sometimes it, I come to his house and it, it's lost some of its fronds, you know, it's lost some of the leaflets. Um, and then the next time it looks gorgeous. And he said, that's just the process of the, the plant growth. And sometimes it goes a little dormant and then sometimes it, it, you know, is fully green and lush and everything. So yeah, his, so his has got to be, oh, it's got to be 80 years old, maybe a hundred wow. years old even. I mean, it's from his grandparents. I have a Hoya. I've talked about my Hoya before. I have a Hoya that came from my mom, and I remember it growing in our uh, four-season porch. We had a kind of a TV room. It was a cold porch, a you know three-season porch that my my parents converted to an insulated room for our, and it was kind of our family room. And it had she had a hoya that was hanging, you know, on the usual macrame hanger, and climbing that. It's it's a climbing vine, and it's a tough plant. It it it's a great starter plant for people, and that's how I. St- that was my first plant I ever had was this Hoya. And it was just a cutting. My mom made a cutting for me when I was in college and gave it to me. And I had it in my dorm room and I had it in my first apartment. And it has since been uh, transplanted and cuttings made. And, and my supervisor at the at, uh, University of Minnesota Extension, Tim Kenny, who's also director of education, he has a slip of it that I gave him. Oh, it's got to be five years ago now. And so I've given it to lots of people too. And I think that, uh, um, I think that's a great way to share plants. Oh, yeah. It's cool. Great. And I'm They're looking re- at it right now on my desk here in front of me. That's neat. Looking Tell you really what, nice. uh, let us, uh, Julie, grab a phone call. I think Lynn yes. is on the horn calling great. in from uh, Shoreview this morning. Let's find out uh, what Lynn has to say. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning on this beautiful snowy day. It is gorgeous out there. It really is. Yes. I have a lemon tree that I've had for about five or six years, and it's probably about three feet tall. It's done well. I've had like 15-plus lemons off of it. Mm -hmm. And when I brought it in this fall, it only lost a few leaves, and then now it's full of blossoms. There's a few new lemons coming, and there is one that's getting ripe. But all the leaves are starting to fall off. They're not turning brown. They're green, but they're a dozen of them a day. Oh, my Am goodness. I watering it too much? Well, uh, if, if they were turning yellow and falling off, I would say maybe overwatering. If the, if the soil isn't, you should maybe check the soil and see if it's drying, you know, if it's drying out well enough. You know, we don't want to overwater our house plants. Um, I... Have have you had any pine out 
well enough. You know, we don't want to overwater our house plants. Um, I have, have you had any pest issues with it, like mealybugs or scale or anything? Pardon? Have you had any insect issues, any pests? No, no insect issue that I can see. It just, all of a sudden, these leaves are just falling off. There's still a lot left, and the the blossoms are blooming, and everything looks normal. It's dropping leaves. (laughs) So sometimes when plants are moved indoors because of the change of growing environment, they will drop a lot of their leaves. They can't, their leaves are produced outside, you know, in certain like when they're outdoors, they're, they produce leaves for the conditions outdoors. And when you bring it indoors, uh, they will drop some of those leaves because they're not, they won't grow well on indoor conditions. And they'll actually put out more leaves. You see this with hibiscus. And um, so it could be that it's just going through, it's just dropping some of its leaves, quite a few leaves apparently, because it is putting a lot of energy into blossoming. And then also fruiting. And that's a huge amount of uh, energy that the plant utilizes for that. So it's dropping leaves so it doesn't have to support those leaves, but putting the energy into the flowers and and fruit. So that would be my one, if there's no pest issues and it's not over water and the leaves are just dropping off, I think it's just because of the change in environment and it's so prolifically blooming and fruiting that it needs to support the flowers and and blooms, their flowers and fruit. Okay. I'll tell you what, uh, Julie, we have ca- callers and texters. Great. And I know we need to take a break, but I want to grab this uh, this text sure. before we do ha- take a break. This texter would like to force some bulbs for Valentine's Day or Easter. How do I do that is the question. Okay. So I would choose smaller bulbs like crocus and maybe muscari, which is also called grape hyacinth versus tulips or daffodils. Tulips and daffodils need about 12 weeks of darkness, of cold, in order to bloom. So if we're backing up from Valentine's Day to today, that's you know February, January, December. So that's eight weeks. So now you could buy the crocus bulbs and the muscari. They're littler bulbs. They only require about eight weeks to be forced. So I would choose, I would go with that instead of trying to do tulips and daffodils. And we have a good webpage on our extension.umn.edu under flowers. There's a section on bulbs and it talks about how to force bulbs, but go with those littler bulbs because I think you'll have better success in blooming. Excellent. All right, Julie, hang on. We'll take a break and uh, come back with uh, more callers and more texters here on our Smart Garden Show. Uh, In the Twin Cities, it's 17 degrees now. We may hit 22 later, but colder weather is on the way. We'll give you details as we move through another Saturday in CCO land. Here on News Talk 830, this is WCCO. Welcome back to the Saturday morning edition of the Smart Garden Show here on CCO. Denny Long, along with Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M, answering those lawn and garden questions. Uh, and again, Julie, we have callers and we have Great. texters. Uh, so let me, let me, let's give the phone number for those maybe who are new to the show, 651-461-9226. That's phone number. It's also the text number. Uh, speaking of phone calls, Sue, I think, has been hanging on the phone, uh, calling in from East Bethel awesome. this morning, I think. Okay. Hi, Sue. Thank you. What is your question? Maybe Sue is gone. Hello. I guess I think Sue is gone. we lost her. Well, I'll tell you what. Let she us talk. 
I bet Lynn is calling in from Little Falls, though. I would say, hi, Lynn. Good morning. Morning. Uh, I have a house plant. I have a house plant that I've had since 1966. My mother gave me a clipping of her philodendron when I went to college in Minneapolis. And uh, Gertrude is still growing strong, <laughs> and, she, and she, she's over. She's over three feet tall, and I have two, and I have two of her growing in in my living room. Hey, Lynn, why did you name and her Gertrude? I don't know. I don't know. She just needed a she just needed a name, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and I've given clippings of her to to many people when I moved from. From uh, Rice Lake to Little Falls, she froze, and a friend brought her back and uh, oh. transplanted her, and and then I got her back in Little Falls, and she's she's still growing. Cool. And uh, and it doesn't matter whether she gets ignored or whether she's overwatered <laughs> or whatever. She's just she's just happy. That's awesome. Well, you're doing an awesome job. Yeah. You guys are like two peas in a pod, so to speak. Great story. Mine, Thank- mine meld with the philodendron. <laughs> Gertrude. Do you have a name for your plant? Me? Yeah. Oh. Not Gertrude? No, no Hoya. Hoya. Hey, Hoya. They're all, all right. called what, they're, uh, what they are. I don't have what any names are. for any of them. Is it still true that some folks over the years would say you know, talking to your plants makes them healthy? Well, I actually read something about, um, and I, I I don't know if this is entirely true. It's the it's our the is it the carbon carbon dioxide, carbon dioxide. in our breath, <laughs> like breathe like talking and breathing on the plants, and yeah. then they absorb that carbon dioxide uh, and utilize it for photosynthesis. I don't know, but that's the only only science thing I've heard about talking to your plants. I think it just Could- makes you feel better. Could be the garlic too. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Depending. Uh, let me grab a text here. It says, "How do I care for a geranium that I bought and still in the pot? It has long stems. Some of the leaves have started to show signs of stress. Uh, should I have cut it back?" So uh, yeah, so these are seed geraniums, uh, and they are annuals. And lots of people keep them many years. Talk about old lived plants. I mean, these are, I've, I've got neighbors, uh, a former neighbor of mine, uh, the late, great uh, Jim Heights kept um, geraniums every year down in his basement. He would take them out of the pot and he would hang them up on like a pipe and they would just hang there for the winter and then he would repot them and he kept them going year after year after year. But uh, this, it sounds to me like this uh, texture doesn't have the plant in enough light. So it's getting very leggy, having these very long spaces between the nodes, the internodes are called. It's the point, the nodes are where the leaves are growing or buds form. And uh, you get long leggy plants, these long internodes due to lack of light. So I would say you need a brighter window. Uh, You may also be overwatering it. They are plants that actually like to be a little bit dry. And uh, remember, like the previous caller with the lemon trees, these plants have been growing outside, and they are going to change their leaves for the winter. So you, it's pretty common for, for them to drop leaves like that. But I would say don't overwater, and be sure it's in a nice, bright window. Okay. Let us go back to the phones, Julie. I think Sandy is calling in from New Brighton, Minnesota Great. today. Sandy, thank you. What is your question for Julie, Sandy? Hi, everyone. 
What I'm concerned about is my hydrangea tree that I'm standing here looking at. It looks rather sad. All of the blossoms are still on, and with this snow and rain and freezing, it's dragged the whole thing down. Should I cut those blossoms off so that I, uh, the branches won't break or just leave it? Uh, how should I handle this? I think you're right. I think the weight, I'm assuming, I'm, I'm visualizing that these blossoms have been covered with first rain and now snow and ice. You can, you can go out and knock any snow off of the blossoms and see if that helps. We do that with arborvitae, for example. When they get really weighted down from heavy snows, we'll knock the snow gently. You don't want to break anything. But if you have a, if, if you look at those branches and think, and prune them off, it's kind of sad because they're nice to see in the winter, but it may be that it's just too much weight on the ends of those branches. And, you, and you're right. You don't want to break any of the branches. So you could go and prune those off if you wanted. And then okay. put them in a vase. <laughs> Let them dry out. Six five one four six one nine two two six. I know we're going to head toward a break and look at that chilling forecast, but this texter says, isn't dormant seeding just free bird seed? Well, not if you do it right, right? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Of course, some of it is always, there's always a chance the birds might find it, but uh, remember that when you dormant seed, you actually want to do it before the snow falls, and if you can do it right before a snowfall, that's even better because then the snow covers up the seed. Yeah, if they do it right. If they uh, do it right. Among other things, if you're just joining us, <laughs> Julie and I have been uh, talking about uh, you know memories here, maybe plants you've received or passed down uh, through uh, family or friends over the years. And here's another one. It said, and I know we have to take a break. It says, I have my mom's 30-year-old Christmas cactus. Nice. That's kind of neat, huh? Yeah. I like to always ask people, how many, who, who has a Christmas cactus that's 25 years old? Bunch of hands go up. 50 years old, fewer hands, 75. I've had people who have had a 100-year-old Christmas cactus. What? Yeah, and they're scared to death they're going to kill it. <laughs> well, yeah, I would be too. I mean, what, what, Start what do you... Start making cuttings. <laughs> well, that's true too. What, what about, in a case, and I know I have to break here, but what, what about the soil? Is something that's that old? How often, if you do change soil? Well, you're going to need a team effort to, to repot it. But yeah, that's probably something too is to consider make sure that it's draining well and it may need some fresh soil occasionally i not too often but they're they're not huge feeders that's just amazing yeah all right hang on julie we'll take this break we have about another half hour of the show to go here in our smart garden show call or text 651-461-9226 the weather's straight ahead here on news talk 830 this is wcco Had a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here, along with Julie Weisenhardt from the University of Minnesota, answering those lawn and garden questions, as usual, by phone and by text. Uh, here's the number to uh, to call or to text, 651-461-9226. Uh, Julie, let's, uh, I want to talk about the Arboretum, too. But before sure. we do that, let's, uh, let's grab a phone call from Barb, who's calling in from Maplewood. Uh, thank you, Barb. What is your question, please? I don't have a question, but I want to up up one-manship a little bit. I'm <laughs> enjoying the conversation today. I have a part of my grandmother's, I'm 81, 
And I have part of my grandmother's Christmas cactus, as do most members of our family, but um, we don't, no one has the original trunk, but it's all over Minnesota and Texas. And um, I also have a cutly philodendron that I bought in 1964, and it's still thriving, but it's been knocked over by cats and dogs. (laughs) And I have, uh, it's, it's there, but it's not, it's got real small leaves on the bottom and big on the top, and, but I've got quite a bit of pieces of it. And it's just a, a fun memory <laughs> for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow. I love that uh, you've got Christmas cactus from that one plant all over the country. I think yeah, that is cool. <laughs> Texas and Minnesota. I love it. Yeah, thank you, Barb. I appreciate that. And uh, happy holidays to you. Thank you. Uh, this texter, Julie, says this. I have two tropical hibiscus shrubs that I uh, brought indoors this fall. They have been doing great, but in the last few weeks, the leaves have been getting yellow and they're drying up and falling off. Is that normal? Yeah, it actually is normal for hibiscus. Um, again, I always suggest testing, you know, checking the watering. Um, uh, you can also check to see uh, if you have good airflow around the plant. If it's by a heating vent, maybe move it to a cooler location. Um, but yeah, hibiscus are notorious for dropping a lot of leaves when they're indoors. So I'm, if they're blooming and they're putting out new leaves, good. That's great. And then just be sure you're not overwatering and that the pot, the pots are draining well too. You want them sitting in a nice big saucer so that you can, um, be sure that those are that the pots are draining. Listener commented to you and I when we began the show talked <laughs> about among other things. I said how much I liked ferns, and yes. uh, the listener says uh, thanks for talking about ferns. How do you care for ferns? A friend just gave me one that had been on her deck all summer. Yeah, well, what is the what is how do you care for a fern? Well, ferns like humidity, uh, but they actually like a nice bright window. And so they, because they also have these long fronds, you want to put them onto uh, like a plant stand. Again, like all plants, you want to be well-drained. And uh, and then just, you know, keep them just moist, but not too wet. Let them dry out between waterings a little bit. And they're fairly easy to care for if the, if the, uh, if the, uh, the, the branches become dry and uh, and you notice there's some dieback on it. You can just trim those off. Uh, but just keep watching for new growth. And give it a little dilute fertilizer occasionally. So dilute meaning about half strength of what's recommended on the container. Be sure to read the label too, of course, so that you're mixing it correctly. And then, uh, and then just, yeah, just keep it moist but not overly wet. They, they like humidity. Some people will miss them. Uh, with just with water, but they uh, they're they're not plants that like to be wet, even though they feel like tropical types of plants. Okay, let's get another phone call, Julie. Renee is calling in this morning from uh, New Brighton, I believe. Renee, you're on CCO with Julie. What is your question, please? Hi, good morning. Um, my question is, what is the secret to uh, raising their or growing the prayer plant? I have a prayer plant and. The leaves come out, and then all of a sudden they turn yellow, and I 
I just can't figure out. I mean, I moved it to different places in my house because I thought it was the light, and I've tried to keep it wet, like they say, or moist. But I, it just, I just don't know what's wrong with it. Well, when when plants leaves turn yellow, that usually indicates there's something going on with uh, that. I know you're trying to keep it moist, but maybe it's not draining well. Uh, maybe it is. Uh, depending on how old it is, maybe it needs uh, to be repotted. It doesn't sound like it has like a disease or anything. It just sounds like like it's some kind of condition that's not suitable for it. And I think sometimes we think moist is wetter than it is. So moist should be identified as like a wrung out sponge. That's usually how we try to describe it when we explain that to people. Uh, I would just be sure that it's in a location that's sunny, I think, uh, or bright light, you know, as bright as you have, and that it's actually draining really well in its pot. And it's and maybe try watering it just a little bit less. Okay, very good. Uh, again, here's our phone number. It also happens to be our text number, 651-461-9226. Can I, Texter says, still cut the flowers off my limelight hydrangea? I'm concerned the branches will break with all the heavy snow this winter. Yeah, that's like the same, uh, the woman who called earlier about her hydrangea tree. And so, yes, you can cut off those blossoms if they are weighing down, if they're weighted down with too much snow or and or ice, you can take them off now. Uh, if they're just snow, you might want to just knock them off, knock the snow off, and see if that helps to relieve the weight. But if you're concerned about the, the branches breaking, it's better to prune off those flowers now than it is to wait for them to break the branches, of course. So, yes, you can. Earlier in the show when we first started, we were talking about ferns, among other things, and I had mentioned a barbershop I remember seeing yeah. many years ago in Stillwater. <laughs> and somebody uh, sent a text in. No way. Or called in. Yeah, it's evidently, it's called, if I have the, if it's written right, Swedes Barbershop in Stillwater. Of course it is. It's still there. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Or maybe it's no longer there, but you somebody You should go in for a trim. <laughs> I should. Not the, not the fern, but me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for that. Appreciate that. Um, is it this uh, a texter says, is it too late to wrap my juniper with the snow on it? Yeah, you don't want to wrap the juniper with the snow on it. So if you if you feel inclined to wrap that juniper, if you're worried about it getting sprayed with salt from a from a roadway. Uh, yes. But you want to clean all the snow off of it. So we have some pretty cold weather coming down the pike here. And uh, I would get out there and knock that snow off today while it's still warm. And then you could try wrapping it. I don't know if you have to wrap it at this point. Um, it's kind of, it's going to depend on how the past years have treated your plant. If, if it's not been a problem, I wouldn't wrap it at all. I would just leave the snow on it and, uh, and let it be. Yeah. Well, like you said earlier when we were chatting, uh, it, it's good that we have this great snow cover. Right. We're getting more, but it's, right. it really helps the whole cause. Yeah, snow is a good insulator, especially for our roots of our plants. Yeah, And you were talking about temperature and, of course, cold weather coming in. Oh. Here's, the texter says, we are going to be gone for 10 days over Christmas. Oh. How low can I set my thermostat and not kill my plants? 
Well, plants are pretty resilient in the winter. Uh, I think, now they don't say what plants they have, so right. I'm going to go with general house plants. You, I, you could set it down to, you know, 60 degrees and it would be fine. The plants would be fine. I would imagine humidity plays a role there too, right? Right. And the cooler the temperature, the less watering the plants need, the less they, you know, Mm. the the slower they are to dry out. So that's helpful to give them a good saturation before you go and uh, anticipate that when you get back, some might look a little wilted depending on the type of plant, but uh, I'm sure you can bring them back. But that cooler temperature is going to help. And 10 10 days isn't forever either. Correct. That's good. Correct. Uh, Texter says, thanks for a great show. Thank you. Uh, in your opinion, is there a big difference in the quality of a poinsettia purchased at a big box store versus a floral shop? Other than appearance, how does one know? Uh, well, I would I would encourage people to purchase locally. Uh, it helps to support economies, people's jobs, uh, businesses. And, you know, it kind of depends on your budget. Certainly the big box stores, they're going to have poinsettias that are probably less expensive than a florist. But the florist can give you information about the poinsettia. They can tell you that if, there, if there's a certain, you know, if it's a, cult, a cultivar or a variety of poinsettia. Um, sometimes they are larger plants. Um, sometimes they come with instructions for care, which is always nice if you're giving them as a gift. But if you, let's say you need a dozen poinsettias for your decorating, um, you know, and, and your budget is smaller and you're concerned about that as many people are, then you maybe that's maybe going to guide you to where you purchase. But I always encourage you, if you have a good florist in your town, it's great to support our local businesses. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Local business all for it. Um, this, uh, well, I tell you what, let's do We need to take a quick break here, Julie. When we come back, Let's talk about a great time of year, not that there isn't any, it's all year round, but let's talk about bringing family or friends to the Arboretum when we come back, huh? Okay. We'll do that here on our Smart Garden Show. In the Twin Cities, 17 degrees. We may see a few flurries. We may also see 22 degrees, probably the warmest day of the week and for a while here. Stay with us here. News Talk 830 WCCO. And good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Lana Garden show called Smart Garden, welcoming your phone calls and text messages. Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M is answering those particular questions today. Uh, Julie, we mentioned, I mentioned earlier about the Arboretum. This really is such a great time if we of year when we have, you know, friends, family visiting. Yes. Like, what can we do? Well, I'll tell you what. Go to the Arboretum. So much to do. I know it's going to be chilly this week, but there's indoor stuff there, too. Yeah, the decorations are amazing. They've got the poinsettia tree, which is, oh boy, I don't even know how tall it is, 50 feet tall or something. It has hundreds of poinsettias all over it. And it's really cool. It's a great, if you want to take a great family picture, a picture of somebody, you know, or just even yourself, it's fabulous. Great backdrop. And the lights are beautiful. Um, They've got some great exhibits in the galleries right now. And then, of course, you could certainly take a walk outside. I mean, wow, this is in the snow. Can you imagine the photo ops out there now? 
take your kids out there and get their pictures taken and or, or take their pictures. Um, and, you know, the, a membership to the Arboretum is a great holiday gift. So you can get a solo, you know, just a one-person uh, membership for as low as $60 for the year. You can add your dog to that because we actually have a dog park. No kidding. I didn't know that. part of that. Now, it's only open from April through, I think, like Halloween or so um, because they don't plow that area. But, um, yeah, so you can have a dog. You can have a dog uh, membership. I have a dog membership. <laughs> and, and And then you can also have things like Duo and Duo Plus memberships, which allow you to go with another person or have another person, you know, add a couple more people. And then, of course, we have our donor levels as well, too. So really a great present. You get the magazine. You get access. You get discounts in the gift shop, which is an amazing place to shop. Same with the Apple House, which right now is a holiday boutique, by the way. Um, and you get all sorts of discounts for education, which is really the whole backbone of the Arboretum and University of Minnesota Extension as well. Great place. Yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, so pretty. I love working there. I think I'll have to get another dog just to do that. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Oh, you can come out with me and my dog. There you go. We'll, we'll start <laughs> with that. Fix. Start with that. Um, we, uh, Julie, we have, uh, and by the way, yeah, you, if you want to get out there, you have to make reservations. So I want to yes, thank you for mentioning that. that. You do have to do that, and that's just to help with with parking and traffic flow, and and that's yeah. online. It's online, and that's online. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 uh, last week you were discussing texture says what types of water to use for plants. I have city water, and I fill water bottles. And leave out for the chemicals to evaporate. I put caps on the bottles. Is that okay or should the bottle be left uncapped? Leave the bottle uncapped. Yeah. Uh, that allows the chlorine to dissipate as a gas. So it will takes about uh, not, not quite 24 hours for it to dissipate. Some plants are sensitive to chlorine. But remember, chlorine actually is, is important to plants in a micronutrient amount. So very tiny amount. The, uh, one of the issues is with fluoride uh, in our water. And that is something that some plants have a fluoride sensitivity, like uh, peace lilies, for example, or uh, dracaenas or spider plants. They are sensitive to fluoride. So in, for those plants, you want to use something that's like a bottled water. You know, a distilled water is good, reverse osmosis water. You can go collect snow, rainwater, all those things to water those plants in particular. But, but stay away from tap water that's been treated with fluoride. I have a great article about it in the Yard and Garden News, which is a, 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 comes out twice a month. We're on kind of a hiatus until mid-January now. But, um, but, yeah, there's a good article there that talks about watering. Okay. Speaking of that, on the topic of watering, Texter says, is there a benefit to watering plants from the bottom? It can be. Uh, for example, African violets or other plants that have fuzzy leaves, they do not take kindly to water on their leaves. So if you want to be sure that you don't do that, you can just place the, get a plastic container like a cottage cheese container that's clean or yogurt or something and set the plant in the water and allow it to take it up from the bottom. I do that with orchids too. Because when you water orchids, because a lot of them grow in bark, the, the water just rushes through. It doesn't really saturate the bark. And so I will set those orchids in their pot with the bark in a plastic container and allow that water to just be to seep up and be absorbed by the bark. And that's a good way to water them. Then you can let it drain, hold it you know, over sink, 
put it back in its window. We were talking about uh, memories or plants that maybe we've been uh, passed on from uh, sure. generation to generation. I was just looking at a text from a listener that says this. Our family has cuttings of my grandmother's angel wing begonia. Grandma yes. died in 1956. Wow. There are many of these plants now in Minnesota, South Dakota, Washington, <laughs> and Tennessee. Great wow, story. Wow, that's nice a great story. story. We have uh, two minutes to go, Julie. Let, let's see if we can't grab a, a quick uh, one more text about the potting soil, houseplant sure. potting soil. Texter says, I use commercial bag soil, but I got rather get moldy-looking dirt on top of the soil around my plants. How do I get rid of it, and what causes that, do you think? So they may be referring to fertilizer salts or uh, or calcium buildup from their water if they have hard water or really um, – uh, yeah, so the salts will build up on that. And that makes a white crust on the top of the soil. You can scrape it off, uh, but that means that you want to flush those plants with just plain water, not treated water. So again, going to the reverse osmosis, distilled water, rainwater, snow, melted snow. Um, so you want to flush those plants out. And you want to be careful that you're not using too much fertilizer. Again, we recommend about half the strength and maybe... You know, you only want to fertilize when a plant is actively growing and maybe once a month. Okay. It doesn't have to be too often. Julie, we have to run. How about uh, real quick, uh, quickly, uh, give us that University of Minnesota website. Extension.umn.edu. We have a great article on gratitude and giving this month. Oh, that's fantastic. What a great resource. I was going to say great wintertime reading, but it's really yes. good at any time of the year. Extension.umn.edu. Julie, always a pleasure. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and, and uh, your family. And uh, say hello to your mom and dad for us and Carl. Yep, sure will. And uh, we will talk again, uh, I hope, in the new year. Great. Happy holidays, Minnesota gardeners. Absolutely. Thank you, Julie. Julie Weisenhorn from uh, the University of Minnesota. Now, reminder to uh, be getting your home improvement questions ready. Andy Lindis will be joining us uh, from Lindis Construction in the coming hour, right after the CCO news break. So home improvement talk next hour. You can call or text in your questions. Right now, light snow is falling, being reported 17 degrees. We may hit 22 today, but during the week, this coming week, we'll probably see uh, lows in the minus three or five degrees. Stay with us here. Right now, we have, uh, again, light snow, west winds at 13. Uh, with that light snow falling, our temperature still holding at 17 degrees here in News Talk 830 WCCO. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.